Here we are again on a Friday night. Everything is feeling right. Time has come to celebrate because Lane is here and he feels great. Lemon on the Edge is the name of our podcast. And that's all I got. <laughs> Freestyling to start the podcast. <laughs> Terrible freestyling. That was more like spoken word poetry. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was free word poetry. Yes. Well, welcome again to Lemon and the Fro. Is that what we're still calling it? No, it's Lemon on the Edge. Lemon it's on the Edge. Lemon on the edge. Like that. How you okay. say that? You get that word. Lemon on it. Worked into the intro. Sure. Lemon on the edge. <laughs> like ed- lemon on the edge of your cup, that kind of thing. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Lemon on the edge of your sports feeds. Like this way in. What's up, Lane? Oh, not too much. Just uh, getting all geared up for the NBA. Eastern the Final Western Four Conference Championships. Oh, by the way, he's Lane Lemon, the host of the show, and I am his co-host, Kellen Conley. Now that that's out of the way, I'm ready for the Final Four as well. Me too. Me too. It's, it's been a be long good. time coming. And, you know, there was a lot of doubt, you know, kind of a lot of doubt with it as far as the Cavs. The Celtics were kind of a question mark. Um, not so much on the Western side, but when I think back to the beginning of the season, these are the four that we thought we would have. Yeah. Really, it was um, not so much in the Western side. It, it, we kind of stayed steady. They were the one and two seed the whole time. But as far as the Cavs and the Celtics go, we had some injuries for the Celtics and some um, team chemistry issues for the Cavaliers, changing complete teams halfway through the season um, that kind of didn't know what was going to go on in the East. The Raptors looked like a, a formidable opponent uh, until <laughs> yeah. King James took his throne again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I loved all those Raptors hot takes. How the Raptors can stop LeBron James and the Cavaliers. They I was can. like, I was like, let me see game one. And after the Cavs won game one, I'm like, they're not losing any of these games. After the Cavs stole game one. Stole game one. After that, it was, it was over mentally. I think the the Raptors were beat. Um, but anyways, we're not talking about the old series. We're talking about the upcoming series. Uh, we've got the Cavs versus the Celtics and uh, the Warriors versus the Rockets coming yes, up sir. starting Sunday. Uh, Cavs-Celtics tip-off Sunday, and then Warriors-Rockets game one is Monday night. Um, so we have the Celtics getting home court along with the Rockets getting home court being the first, number one seed. Right. Uh, so I think somewhere else. I, I really think I stress game one in both series. I think it's going to be a huge game that potentially both road teams could win. And I think that both road teams might be favored, um, which you don't really get usually in a Western Conference, Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, usually have the home team being the one seed, being the dominant team, being the team you expect to win. Mm-hmm. But in this case, you look at the Cavs, you look at their veteran leadership. They may not have the best chemistry, but they st- they're putting it together at the right time. Um, and yeah, they've come a long way since uh, that uh, Pacers series. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, I think after that series, they considered themselves fortunate enough to get past them not playing to the best of their ability. Uh, and then some of the veteran role players started to understand their role better and, and, and help out LeBron. LeBron has always been good in his career as far as it's good as far as understatement. As far as sharing the ball, <laughs> making everyone around him better. Right. But yeah, understatement for sure. Um, but we, we've got an interesting matchup going against the veterans versus the uh, the young guys here in the first um, the first matchup. Yeah. Um 
first of all, kudos to Brad Steven and the Celtics coaching staff for absolutely after the Hayward injury and then after losing Kyrie for still being in this position. I didn't think I actually thought Milwaukee was going to beat him. I said in the last episode, and now they're sitting here in the same position they were last year, ready to go against Cleveland for the conference championship. And that says a lot about their future. Uh, to have a, a young coach, first off, coaching young players and having them band around, it really kind of reminds me of a Golden State-type atmosphere. Yeah, um, they're all They're all for each other. There's nobody there that's trying to have the ball more than anybody else. It's, it's we work together best, and they understand that now. They already understand that before the ball's tipped. And, you know, with a coach like Brad Stevens that can sit down and let his team figure it out themselves. Right. Or be as involved as any coach in the league. And he can sense that and he can be effective at such a young age. It really says a lot about him as a coach and the Celtics for taking that leap. I mean, oh, yeah. You know, that really? wasn't, that wasn't an easy step to, to take a guy from Butler I mean, we're not talking about Duke. We're not talking about Kentucky. We're talking about a guy from Butler University that took two teams that had no business being in the Final Four to the, the Final championship Four. Games. To the championship game. Both times. I mean, and they were within unreal. inches of beating Duke. I, I watched the game. His yeah. current player, Gordon Hayward. Got his yeah. guy back, and then look where he is. But I want to say for you, go on, that one of the things about the Warriors-type atmosphere you mentioned and the Celtics' atmosphere is – they both have systems that are rare in the NBA where the players have bought into the coach's system. Absolutely. The Spurs have that. And the Cavs do not have that. <laughs> they don't even, I don't even think the Cavs have a coach. They just had to have Tyron Lue standing there. <laughs> right. Um, and then Houston, on the other hand, they've kind of bought into D'Antoni a little bit, enough to where they've gotten to where they've gotten. But at the same time, I feel like it's still more about the CP3 and the Harden of everything. And whenever you look at a team like that, you got James Harden who loves to dominate the ball, loves to score the ball. He has no choice but to love that system. Loves the flop. I mean, love loves the flop. <laughs> Absolutely loves the flop. Loves to travel. Loves to carry. Loves to smack fans' phones when they get in his face. <laughs> did you right. see that? Yeah, I did. Uh, but, I mean, for a team that wants to score 140 a night, you have no choice but to love that system. Mm-hmm. But when that's not happening, what do you do? I don't think they have as much of a second option as teams like the Celtics do, as teams like the Warriors do, the more well-rounded teams that have contributions from everybody. Um, I I think this is going to be a very good series. I do see the Cavs. I'm going to go Cavs in six. Okay. Uh, I think Cavs in six. I think they take game one. Uh the Celtics are what seven and zero, I think, this year in the playoffs at home. Yes, they have not lost in playoff yeah. at home in this year. So uh, I just think I, I think the veteran leadership. Um, I think LeBron will not have consistently dominant games as he has so far this this off or this postseason, I should say, uh, just simply because Brad Stevens will formulate a better game plan. Uh, mm-hmm. You saw OG Ananobi, the the rookie, really kind of guarding him on an island a lot in the last series and yeah that's easy money for lebron whether he wants to fade away drive baseline i used to not like the fade away from lebron but it's so it's he's shooting it at 50 him changing his shot has made him such a much more versatile offensive threat this year oh my i mean he is just making and i don't i hate bringing up the debate 
but the older and older he gets, the better and better he gets. And I think we're seeing a better LeBron than we've ever seen before. And he's yeah. revolutionizing those people that said he'd never catch MJ because they never thought he would develop a jump shot. They never thought he would develop a clutch gene. Right. They never stayed that that was their biggest knock against him. Oh, he's not clutch. Uh, well, I'm sorry, he's already hit two this season, this postseason alone. Yeah. How many more do you want? I mean, obviously it gets bigger, the stage gets bigger, the spotlights get bigger as we go, but you can't how can you dislike LeBron? How can you hate on LeBron at this day and age? I mean, I I don't get it. Yeah, people who don't give LeBron his respect, they they just they're not fans of basketball is a thing. They they care about their team. They don't have a LeBron and they don't really truly love basketball. They they like watching their team play basketball. In the same sense, I'm a through and through LeBron fan. I'll never deny that. I respect him. He's my favorite player of all time. Um I dislike Draymond, I dislike KD, and I find myself disliking Steph at times. Right. Because they're going against my favorite player, but at the same time, I respect Draymond's game. I respect the fact that he knows what he's doing when he's yelling at people. It's not he's not out of control. He's not doing it because he's undisciplined. He's very disciplined and it's part of his game. And yeah. it not only gets him hyped up, it gets the other team on edge. Yeah. So I respect that games. of him. I respect, uh, obviously, you have That's to That's 90 Steph. shit right You there. can't really hate Seth. Mm-hmm. And, that, and KD, he's he's the second best player in the world if I had if I had to put a label on it right oh, now. Absolutely. I, I respect all these guys, but I dislike them. In the same sense, I understand how you can dislike LeBron, not root for LeBron. But you can't not respect LeBron. No, not at this point. Like, during the decision era, fine. Yeah, he... He totally blew how he said he's going to leave Cleveland. It should have just been normal. I'm leaving. Not the decision uh, show and all that. He took a lot of backlash for that. And a lot of people were still hanging on to that. And then when he bounced back up to Cleveland, they're like, oh, well, now he's just trying to make up for his mistakes, which he did in 2015. But that, that's not good enough that right. they came back from 3-1. Everybody seems to forget about 3-1 now because we're two years removed from it. Yeah. But, or 2016, excuse me. Um, but that is a huge part of his legacy. 3-1 is um, something that no other teams on the NBA Finals. Yeah, LeBron James orchestrated it, had the block that set up the shot, that set up the defense, the defensive play of the year where Kevin Love stopped Steph Curry <laughs> at the top of the key. So I just really think that people just want to find something to hate in their sports and stuff. And even when, say, 10 years ago, so that would have been like 2008 and 8. Everybody wanted to hate Kobe for different reasons. And it's just there's always going to be that one player that just draws hate. And Kobe's is more rational compared to LeBron, obviously, because mm-hmm. Le- Kobe's had his issues that everybody points out all the time. But even when you have all that, um, you're always going to have a bad guy, and LeBron just happens to be this generation's bad guy. And I stress the fact that we live in an era that Every moment, every movement by a celebrity is documented and exposed, yeah. and exploited to a fat to a degree that it's never been before. You look at MJ had a lot of personal life issues. <laughs> he had a lot of things that in a in day and age like today, TMZ would be all over mm-hmm. him. I mean, they would be all over him, and his his legacy would be tarnished because of that. And he was fortunate enough that he could live in an age where there were shadows Mm -hmm. and there were parts of your life that you could put away and it wasn't exposed. 
just simply because someone around you had a cell phone. Mm-hmm. At this day and age, the fact that LeBron James can go through unscathed and have no black marks on his record is not only... I mean, it's inspiring because any other 18-year-old or 19-year-old or 20-year-old or 25-year-old given as much money as he was given Mm -hmm. has gotten in trouble before. Right. What has he done? He's one of the best role models in sports history. Easily. He he just shows that you can do it the right way Mm -hmm. and and still be respected and still have the same legacy. as And still have fun while you're doing it, too. Exactly. I think that's a big thing. So you got Cavs and six. I got Cavs and six. <sighs> I'm going to take Cavs and seven. Yeah. I, th- I think Brad. I think Stevens gets them two wins. I think. I think the Cavs have one bad shooting night. Yeah, that and that's the other one. I think Stevens gets two games. The Cavs have one bad shooting night, and I actually think that the Cavs do still game one though, mm-hmm. um, just because I feel like they're going to break that home court advantage early. And I don't see them playing from behind the series. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, whenever you don't have home field, home court advantage, uh, you do want to jump ahead. Or home to, ice advantage. Or home ice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we got, we've got that series to look forward to starting Sunday night. Um, hopefully, hopefully we, we get a game seven out of that. That'd be nice. Uh, next next series to look at Warriors versus Rockets. Uh, we've got obviously the Warriors. Don't no need no to Warriors. no need to introduce them. No need to explain their. Oh, one other thing greatness. I want to slide in there before we go any further. I uh, was looking at a replay of Game Seven of the 2016 Finals, and I forgot how many points Draymond scored. He had like 40 points in that game. Oh yeah, because I remember he, he came out. He came out. out hitting. I think he came out in the first quarter like five for five from three. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just lights out. That, yeah. that game. Yeah, and he he came. I think he also came like one assist or one rebound shy of a game seven triple double that mm-hmm. LeBron accomplished. Right, and the only other player to ever accomplish that I think was Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was one assist or one rebound away from also joining LeBron in a losing effort, but still a hell of a losing, a effort. hell of a losing effort. Yeah, I just I mean, want you mentioned Draymond, and that popped in my head. But absolutely, Rockets, yeah. Warriors, Rockets, Warriors. Uh, we have we have uh, as I said, the Warriors need no introduction. Um, we have the Rockets, a new look Rockets team this year uh, that added a extremely one of the most veteran presence that you can have in this league in Chris Paul. He's definitely um, a veteran. He's he's he- he's healthy at the right time. He just came off a great game five against the Jazz where he put up 41. 41. Um, 41 and 10 assists. Absolutely lights out in crunch time. It was it was get Chris Paul Chris Paul the ball and get out of the way. It was one you, of his career defining moments. Absolutely, which you don't see a lot with Chris Paul. No, you the do fact not. Fact that that now is shown as an arsenal in his arsenal. That changes the Warriors' game plan, and it has to. Steve Kerr's not looking at that and ignoring it. Right. That's got to change their game plan. And I think in order to beat the Warriors in a seven-game series, as great as they've been all series or all, all season, to beat the Warriors, you have to change something. You have to have a second step. You can't just rely on what's gotten you there because there's so much film on that. And whenever you look yep. at a team as smart and as strategic as the Warriors are, you know, you can't sit there and give them exactly what you've given them all year. You have to have a hitch in your game. You have to have something to throw them off, make them adjust. Make them 
adjust to your make them have a counter move because if you're just playing the same game over and over, they're smart enough you. to beat that. Yeah, I think the Rockets actually took the season series this year, um, but of course that never really matters when you get to the playoffs. Um, I agree. The Warriors have shown they're more beatable than ever this season, and the Rockets have been able to do that um, frequently. But again, this is the playoff Warriors. It's going. To, it's going to take a lot, and it's going to actually take some. some uh, CP three and Harden are great. They're going to come up with a lot of the Rockets' offensive production, uh, but they. I almost feel like they have to figure out defensively how to shut down something each game, whether it be. Play one game, Steph one game, Draymond one. Just take them out of the equation. So it's, instead of it being four on two, not to say anything against Rockets roster, but I mean you got four stars versus their two stars. Right. Then you're looking at four on three, and then maybe you can control it where you're not getting barraged by dagger threes and stuff. Because that's actually what happened to OKC um, in the 2015-2016 um, NBA playoffs when they were up 3-1 on the Warriors, and then everything changed on them. All of a sudden, it went back to being about before KD got there. It was the Warriors three against there two? The Warriors made their changes, and then OKC never recovered. But they were shutting them down for most of the series that exact way. Yep. And I think it's still there. The only problem is there's four of them instead of three now. So the Rockets definitely have to switch things up, as you said. Don't be too predictable. But they've really got to figure out something on defense. And you have to understand at the same time. There is such thing as not enough balls to go around. Oh, yeah. And something like that, having four great players and four guys, not really four guys that demand the ball. You really only have two guys that kind of demand the ball, and Steph and KD. Clay plays off the ball very well, and Draymond is just Draymond. And Zaza's a bully. Zaza should not play anymore. <laughs> but whenever you have something like that, you know, it may take the rhythm. It, it shakes up the rhythm whenever one guy's trying to get hot. That takes away from everyone else's shot. You never know if that guy's not going to get hot whenever he starts deciding to shoot. It, it could create even... And that, that's why I feel like that they've shown more beatable. I think they didn't need Durant. I think Durant is too much for them. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they're a bad team now. I'm saying they're not as good as they were. They were scary in those finals last year, though. Oh, whenever... They would go on stupid runs. When Kevin Durant's on, any team's scary. Mm-hmm. Kevin that's Durant true. can carry a team like no other player other than LeBron James in the league. And that's... Mm-hmm. that's I don't think that's debatable. No. Um, he, Him and LeBron have LeBron. another level... I'll give Anthony Davis that, too. Maybe. Yeah, I could see that. But he hasn't been on a team where he's not the focal point every second of every minute of right. every hour. I know. So until he does that, which Boogie took the... Pressure off him. I don't think AD can actually play to his fullest potential until he has someone. Drew Holiday is developing into a great player. Mm -hmm. And I think next year, if Boogie stays healthy, everyone stays healthy, they could be a threat in the West. I really do think that with Miritich coming out, that's a a good team. Yeah. And that's a different team than what the NBA is right now because they have three bigs that can all three stretch the floor. Mm -hmm. And that's something we've never seen before. That's true. But that's for another discussion. <laughs> to me, the Warriors Rockets, the key to the game is CP3, how he how he controls and orchestrates the Rockets offense because he is so cerebral and has such a good basketball mind that if they're going to change their offense, he will be the, the captain. He will be the one directing traffic. Mm-hmm. Another stat to focus on, James Harden this season against the Warriors is shooting 36% from the field. He's got to show up. 
He's got to be mentally there, take smart shots, take good shots, and not let people get in his head. And he's very vulnerable to that. He's very vulnerable because he's kind of in a... He's kind of on an island. CP3 is a star. He's not a superstar. Mm-hmm. We've got at least, without a doubt, two superstars on the Warriors. And then two stars compared to one superstar that really the spotlight is on James Harden. Mm-hmm. He's the MVP of this season. If he's, he's not, gonna, something's he's wrong. Gonna, he's going to win the MVP. That's a debate of what the word valuable means in the NBA. It clearly means something different in the NBA that does in the dictionary, but that's, again, another discussion to have. Um, but all the pressure, I think, in this series is on James Harden. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if the Warriors lose, there's going to be a lot of scrutiny on them, but that's hasn't happened yet, so we're not going to talk about it. Right. Um, he's been there before. He's had a shot. He's played okay. He's kind of struggled a little bit in big series, big moments. If he does that now, he has no excuse. He really doesn't. He has no excuse. If they if they lose in a great series, no one's going to hold that against the Rockets. No one will. If it's six good. or seven games, no chance anyone holds that against the Rockets. That's the Warriors being the Warriors. They are a franchise. They are a dynasty. That is one of the best we've ever seen. No one's going to hold against them. If they come yeah. out and they get swept, or they lose in five and three of the games or blowouts... What's going on? Mm-hmm. I mean, what do we do now? Right. I mean, this is... Because everything is, was built for this, this moment. This is it. Yeah. This is it. I mean, they talk about their owner. Their owner went to MIT. He's an intelligent guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a very, very intelligent guy, and he is obsessed with beating the Warriors. If they lose to the Warriors and it's not close, where do you go from there? I mean, you can try and get LeBron. Right. And then it's a new ball game, I guess. But you got to feel better about yourself after this year, or else I don't know that LeBron goes there. I I agree, because I remember hearing the Rockets rumors a while back. I haven't heard them recently. But this this is make or break time. This is everything that they've worked for. And, it, and I think it may even be different if they were the three or the two seed. Right, they're, they're not. Seed. They're the big dogs. Yeah. The reigning champions are coming into your house, and you have home court advantage. It's time to pounce, or you're not. You don't belong there. Right, right. So I think I think all of all of the pressures on the Rockets is on James Harden in particular, mm-hmm. and I think one of the matchups to watch is Capella versus Draymond Green because Capella is just absolutely a, a freak. Yeah, uh, physically compared to Draymond Green. But Draymond Green is a better basketball player, and it's not close. No. Clint Capella does two things, pick and roll dunk <laughs> or pick and roll rebound. Yep. That's it. That's all he does, and he does it well, and that's all he needs to do, which is why he plays for the Rockets and gets paid what he does. Exactly. he does it well. He's a Tristan Thompson for the Rockets, in my opinion. That's good but, analysis. And that, that series, I really don't have an honest opinion until game one. Yeah. i got to watch game one before I can give you a real – Real prediction because I just I gotta see how James Harden plays. I gotta see his comfortability level because if he's comfortable in game one, he's gonna be comfortable in the series. Mm-hmm. But if he's not, the Warriors I could easily see a sweep by the Warriors. I could easily see a seven game series. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say Warriors in seven. Going on a seven game series. As much as I want the Rockets to win, and it's not because I'm tired of the Warriors, 
if the Rockets win and the Cavs win, I think the Cavs could beat the Rockets. Yep. That's in the back of my head. But uh, I, I don't think – I think that Kerr and Co. wins out again. I don't think it will be a sweep unless you get a cl- – unless CP3 decides now. It's like, oh, it's time for me to mess up the playoffs for everybody. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> um, I don't see a sweep. I don't no. see a dominant series by the Warriors. I think the Rockets have too much firepower. I mean, I think the Rockets have really, really good role players. They do. I mean – with Ariza, Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker's good on defense and can hit the three. Capella, I mean, they got guys coming off the bench. They got a decent squad. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to downplay that at all, and no. that's why I think it's not a blowout because I think they have too many offensive weapons. I think they'll, at worst, steal two games. Mm-hmm. At worst, I think they'll steal two games. Uh, but anyways, we'll move on. Uh, after we talked about both games, we're going to go to the top five most valuable people in these conference finals. Uh, number five, we're going to go with Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's kind of obvious that LeBron has done it on his own the last series. The Celtics are a more well-rounded team with a better coach, with a better game plan, with experience against LeBron. With a better coach that still has his job. Exactly, yeah. R.I.P. Dwayne King. I think Kevin Love has to average 20-8 mm. for them to win the title. For them to win yeah. a series, he can have a few good games, a few bad games. I don't think the Celtics are that good. I don't think they're that good yet. I think they're very well-rounded. I don't think they have that – That they don't have anybody when it comes to five minutes left. Nobody's there. I don't right. – who, who are they going to go – I mean, they have a choice of guys, mm-hmm. but will they show up or will they not? And will they choke? Yeah. It's a lot. Um, I – the this Boston team – is super super young. Um, I would love to see Kevin Love play like that. I've been waiting for that Kevin Love to show up in Cleveland ever since he got there, twenty and ten. Like, and it's because the Cavs' offense runs the way it is. He's on the wings most of the time. But I've always said, especially when I'm watching a game, I'm like, why don't you put Kevin Love inside and let him bang it out? Well, let me let me, let me preface that with that. He's on the wing a lot of times, and he's standing there when the ball goes in the air. Right. So that's, you got one of the best rebounders comes, in the NBA until yeah. you got to Cleveland. That, that, come, that, comes, that comes with both formation of the of the offense and also with the NBA lackadaisical play that everyone has. Mm. Nobody crashes the boards unless it's game seven and there's two minutes left mm-hmm. and everyone's crashing the boards. But if he played like that all the time because he was trying to earn a paycheck, now he has a paycheck, and now his his urgency level is down. But that's why I put him at five for the conference finals because I don't know that he's as important now as he will be, but I do think he has to show up. He has to have three to five good games, like good games. I would love to see that out of him. Cause I would love to see I would just, love to see love. Just be in love. rhythm. Just just have <laughs> it happen. Yeah, you know? exactly. So so I agree completely with that first yeah. one. So, um, so, yeah, again, number five, I don't think he's as important as other players in this conference series. Um, but he is he's important nonetheless. Number four, Brad Stevens. Uh, I think before you can highlight any specific Celtic player, you have to highlight the guy, the puppeteer that is up there getting everybody on the same page. Mm-hmm. As we talked about earlier, the warrior mindset. Um, as far as everyone is on the same page, everyone has the same goal, and we're not trying to make the stat sheet. We're trying to get the W. 
and the fact that he can take everyone that, that at that age in a playoff atmosphere. Granted, they were playing against the 76ers, who are basically a bunch of toddlers running around. Both those teams is just a bunch of toddlers running around playing basketball in the, in the <laughs> NBA playoffs. I mean, that's why I think the Celtics don't have what it takes yet without Kyrie, without Gordon Hayward, without people that have been there in the league for a few years. Right to run the show I don't think they have what it takes yet I think with Kyrie or with Gordon Hayward I might be changing my prediction a little bit more more with Kyrie than with Gordon Hayward mm-hmm. but I, th- I I don't I don't know Brad Stevens nonetheless has done a great job and he is the key to keeping this mindset that they can believe that as long as they do their job they'll be successful I have a question so you said they had no way to close at the end of games. And I agree for the most part. But still, I think Jason Tatum could be that guy for them in this series. He could be, but he hasn't been. He hasn't been, but he hasn't really had to. Though. And I think and but he could be Roser's been he, he could be in three years. I, I don't know. He could come it might be his coming out party this this spring. So who's guarding him with ten seconds left? LeBron. So who wins? <laughs> Jason Tatum. Good luck. He said with no straight face. <laughs> That's that until, and I've said this probably four or five times in our four or five episodes, until LeBron proves me wrong, I will always bet on LeBron. Mm-hmm. I haven't proved wrong yet until the finals. That's a different story. Mm-hmm. I've never backed him 100% in the finals right. as far as confidence and winning but <clears throat> blah, blah. next on the list number three we're going to go to the other series Clay Thompson uh, Clay Thompson is a important player a valuable player in this series for multiple reasons mm-hmm. one being because he is dangerous the X factor and can go for 40 or 30 or whatever he wants to whenever he wants to whenever he feels like it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, as we pointed out earlier, James Harden shooting a 36% rate against the Warriors this season. That's um, terrible. Who's guarding him? Clay Thompson is guarding him. So that right there, if you take James Harden out of the Rockets' offense, you're beating the Rockets in a seven-game series if you're the Warriors, mm-hmm. period. So if he can shut down James Harden, if he can contain him and hold him to 18 a game instead of 38 a game, they're winning the games. I mean, there's no choice unless Chris Paul just has an ungodly series. And don't forget about the Steph-Chris Paul rivalry. This could be revenge time for Chris Paul. Oh, dude. I, just, I don't know why I keep up giving Chris Paul his credit. I can't stand him. I don't think he's that good, but that's just me. Um, but He's on the terrace for his postseason, so I'm trying to keep it to a minimum. Hey, Chris Paul, the only player to be on three separate NBA teams most winning a season roster. He won the most games for the Pel- or for the Pelicans or well-known Hornets. Hornets, yeah. Uh, he won the most games in Clippers, Clipper history. That was easy. And <laughs> this year, accomplishing it in the Rockets. How many games the Rockets win? 61? I could have swore Hakeem won it 61 have, at some point. It may have been more than that. I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking it's more because I feel like the 91 Rockets might win 61 games, but don't quote me. Uh, Keep talking so they don't tell them the Google. So you make sure not so you're not googling. Clay Thompson is a huge, huge, huge cog in offense. I think 
I think Clay could play a similar role 65. as he five. Sixty-five. Um, I think Clay could play a similar role as he did in again to bring up that Oklahoma um, City series in twenty sixteen. Clay, for the most part of that series, obviously they had less stars in, but Clay, um, he he wasn't really having to guard anybody because they didn't have anybody past Katie and, and Westbrook then, and Ibaka was still on the roster, so he had no one to guard. But for most of the series, Clay had had like small uh, point totals for most of the series. But then that game six happened, um, and he just went off in that fourth quarter, and he was a huge part, as well as Steph finally getting out of a shooting slump, why they won that game. He's He has, like you said, potential to light up, light it up at any time, and he's a good defender. So I think he's going to give Harden a lot of trouble. I think Harden may struggle in game one because of Clay, And then, depending on how he recovers of that, that could spiral him the rest of the series. Mm -hmm. Um, It'd be a hell of a way for the MVP to go out, but it is what it is. Clay Clay has not faltered on a big stage yet, so he's definitely a valuable piece of this. And it's easy for him, in my opinion, to not falter on a big stage because you're not in the spotlight at all. Right. He is not anymore. He's in the background. Yeah. To be as good as he is and be in the background. First off, it says a lot about his character and the fact that he would rather win than be the superstar. Uh, and that's been proven by the fact that they're now discussing a long-term extension for him. Um, as they should the Rockers, be. Which, as they should be. Why would you not? You know, Why would you not try and lock down all, any of those guys that you can't lock them down? Right. Um, I don't. I don't think that there's any need at all to change that core for the next 15 years, <laughs> and it's going to be Seriously. annoying. Annoying. It's going to be boring because the Rockets are going to be winning. Pro. Or I'm sorry, Rock. I keep saying Rockets. The, the Warriors. Warriors are going to be winning championship after championship. I think they're probably going to win. Steph may finish with eight or eight or something like that. I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise oh, me at all if that if they can lock that core down. There's no way that that's not eight. We're getting off topic. That's that's a bold state eight. I'm now I'm trying to think. He He's really got what it. two? He's got two already. It's definitely doable. It's three this year. It could be four next year. Like uh, it, if oh, I'm wow. putting if I'm putting my money on a team right now, the Warriors have my money, and it's not close. Yeah. I mean, they have everybody's money. They still. have everybody's <laughs> money still. Again, as I said before, as, until the King proves me wrong in the Eastern Conference, until the Warriors prove me wrong. In the last three years, I mean, realistically, Cavaliers luck into winning that. I mean, Game Seven. I mean, it was it's a, all about it the was, suspension. It was a suspension. It was a play by play on the edge of your seat. Best, just what you live for in sports. Yes. You know, it is what you live for in sports. I mean, it's what gets you up to watch the game and watch until the That's end. That's for the, that moment that we all got in Game Seven. Absolutely. Um, I don't know, man. Anyway, I'm excited. It's hard. It's hard. I'm, ex- I'm, I'm excited. excited too. I'm excited. It's, it's hard to bet against the Warriors. Yeah, it too. I agree. What do you got? Uh, next, next, we're going on number two. It's uh, going to be Chris Paul. As obviously, and and you look at value. Um, I don't really connect value with expectation. We expect James Harden to be a factor. We expect that. Obviously, he's valuable mm-hmm. uh, as far as that, but. Chris Paul is what separates the 2017 Rockets from the 2018 Rockets. He's everything. He's everything. And he's what he is, what can take them to the next level. 
That's what they're hoping for. It's what they've been hoping for. And it's what they've gotten pretty decent results out of so far this season. <laughs> pretty uh, decent. 65, and, 65 wins late. Yeah, and uh, coming off the best game of his season, I would say. Easily. So he is obviously, undoubtedly, he's going to be Gordon, uh, Steph Curry. You don't. I don't think you get in Chris Paul's head. No, he's unflappable. I don't think unless he's injured that. or he's mad. The only person that stops Chris Paul is Chris Paul. I agree with that, hundred uh, percent. I think you're exactly you're right there. Um, I don't think you can really mess with Steph too much. I think Steph's basically his own person. He's confident in himself. And I've Back never really have we ever seen Steph go in an actual slump. No, no, not really. Uh, he there will be periods where. Steph's slumps are where he misses a couple in a row. Steph's slumps is where you're like, that's in. Wait, what? <laughs> right. Not, it doesn't go in. Right. Whenever he's open and he misses a shot, that's a slump. Mm-hmm. That, it only takes a couple shots for his slump and then it's over. Like, Steph Curry had four slumps last night. <laughs> Meanwhile, he scored 38 points. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> on 10 for 13 shooting on three So, quarters. obviously, Chris Paul is going to be an important player in this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, be, just because he's the difference between last year and this year. I mean, if you're going to talk about value... When I talk about value, I say this player is on this team. Take this player off this team, and how much worse are they? Mm-hmm. If they're that much worse, bam. So we're talking about a team with Chris Paul and without Chris Paul. We can see concrete evidence of what they were like without Chris Paul. We're about to see concrete evidence of what they're like with him. So we will truly see his value. Now, if he plays well, he will be the most valuable player of that series. And yeah, that cannot 100%. be argued, I don't think, because of the definition of the word value. Obviously, the NBA has a different definition <laughs> because James Harden's MVP, not LeBron James. But that's yeah, a whole different discussion. Whole different discussion. We have we're gonna have three more podcasts after this discussing all these side discussions that we've been talking about. <laughs> um, um, so, Mr. Paul, Mr. Uh, what was his brother from State Farm? Can't think of his name. Anyway. I, for his whole career, have been down on Chris Paul. Cliff Paul, thank you. Cliff Paul. Cliff Paul. I've been down on Chris Paul. Like, I saw what he did in, in New Orleans. I didn't like how he asked to be traded, but then anytime somebody would come to him about it, he wouldn't own up to it. That it was just rumors. Like, when Melo was doing that, before he got traded from Denver to New York, like, he was like, I just hope they improve my situation. Like, he was at least being forward about it. Like, Obviously, yeah, I kind of won out, but at the same time, I got played these guys. I don't want to step on any toes. Right. Chris Paul denied that every single day that he wanted to trade, and I saw it every day on sports. It just made me more mad, and I've always held a grudge against him for that. So, Chris Paul, for as much as I have spent my life telling, saying that you are not a great point guard, one of the greatest point guards in the NBA, I would absolutely love it if he left it all on the floor of this series and just went for it. Win or lose, mm-hmm. because this is his biggest stage to date. His first conference finals, he has his arch nemesis, Steph Curry, who's made him look stupid on highlights. Every time you see a Steph Curry highlight, there he is spinning like an idiot while Steph Curry shoots over him. Mm-hmm. This is his moment to do something big. And even if he loses, which we both think he's going to, if he leaves it all on the floor every game and we don't sit there and doubt his... um. His effort, like we, I'm sure we made doubt a few Harden performances this series. Mm-hmm. If he leaves all on the floor, that's going to completely redeem his his career arc as far as him not being able to win the big ones. Mm-hmm. Even though he lost this one, obviously it'd be there's a difference between losing the first round and then 
going to the conference finals and losing and seven said, games to the like Golden State Warriors. Like I said earlier, I said if if they go six or seven, no one's holding it against them. Right. No one's saying they underachieved. This is a team that's been here before in the Warriors <clears throat> versus a team that is really just just gotten their feet wet in mm-hmm. the playoffs. Yep. And nothing's to say that the Warriors versus the Rockets isn't going to be a rivalry for the ages in the next five years. I'd love to see that. It would be awesome. It would be awesome to see someone challenge the Warriors every year before they got to the finals mm-hmm. instead of just letting them cakewalk to the finals. And then and the Bulls had that with the Knicks in the 90s too. So every good, every good team needs... They need competition. Needs a foil, man. If you don't have competition, then your credibility is lessened. Or your Eastern Conference. Yeah, or your Eastern Conference. Yeah. yeah. So I would just love for Chris Paul to come out and prove me wrong and have the best playoff series possible to his career. He he needs this to solidify, in my eyes, to solidify all this praise he's gotten around his whole career. He needs that big playoff stage performance, win or lose. So um, we'll move on to number one on the list. Okay. So I think we should take a caller to see if we can first person to call in and guess uh, who is our number one most valuable player in yeah. this series gets two tickets to the NBA Finals. Yeah, let me um, open up our phone line. So uh, call in right now. It's a it's a one eight hundred four three two LeBron James. LeBron James. Oh, did I spoil it? You did. And now we don't got to give away tickets. I see I what sh- you did. There. I shouldn't have. Uh, I see what you now did. Now we can there. go to the game. Now we can go. Hey, right, there you go. Lemon on the eggs. <laughs> Live from. Golden State. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we have to talk about this one very long. Um, LeBron is the Cavs. The Cavs don't tick without LeBron. LeBron um, has carried them, scored two-thirds of their points. Or I'm sorry, one-third of their points in mm-hmm. the first series against Indiana, along with leading them in every other major statistical category. Um, Completely Just destroyed carries. the hopes of Toronto and Aubrey Graham, a.k.a. Drake. Had Drake so mad he was going after the biggest dude on the team. Have you heard Kendrick Perkins? You've heard the song LeBron's playing? Yes. Um, that, shit, that is hilarious. That is good. It's good. Funny stuff. So, uh, yeah, you guys already know about LeBron. And what they may does. have heard of him a time or two. So, but anyways, <sighs> next up, now that we're not talking about <clears throat> who's still in the playoffs, we're going to talk about a few teams that are right on the cusp or about to be out of contention. Dismantled. We talk about uh, Oklahoma City. Um, first off, let's go about the 76ers. So, okay. when you look at all the teams, you look at Utah. They were they put up a fight. They had a good. They had a few good games against the Rockets. It wasn't like they got blown they out. They were way they better than they should have been this year. But they were outmatched mm-hmm. against the Rockets. You look at other teams and Pelicans. Get Boogie Cousins back. We'll see. We'll regroup. See what happens. Yeah, I don't see them making any big moves. Um, you see, talk about Portland's got to be disappointed. What do they do? Mm-hmm. Got swept by the Pelicans, who got basically swept gentleman sweep by the Warriors again. Yeah. Um, you know what do they do? A few teams that still have an opportunity to be better: are the 76ers and the Thunder. Uh, you look at the 76ers, such a young core. I think they threw together a bunch of veteran role players that aren't that good. They're just they've just been there before, mm-hmm. so they fit mm-hmm. in better than young role players that aren't that it. good are. Yep. So people like Bellinelli that bounced around and was irrelevant for a few years, or Ilyasova, 
again, bounced around for and was irrelevant for a few years. They got TJ McConnell coming out and making a difference in the, set, in the playoffs. I mean, you look at a team with a great young core in the playoffs being proven that they're putting up a fight. Granted, they were playing another young team in the Celtics, um, but they were putting up a fight as far as Ben Simmons was playing okay. He had a few bad games. Yeah. He's a rookie. He is a rookie. Maybe. I don't he know. is a rookie. Okay. He's a rookie. <laughs> if there was other tra- – if the rest of the rookie class is trash, he's it would be a thing. If he's a rookie, Embiid's a rookie. Embiid's rookie year was last year. <laughs> Argue me that. Prove me wrong. Put that sign in front of me. Embiid's a rookie because he's played not much more than – Embiid played it last year, though. If you want to he would have been rookie that. year if he hadn't got hurt. If you want to call it that. That's but anyways, true. regardless, they have a great young court. No one knows why Markel Fultz didn't play in this series whatsoever. Um, being the number one pick. Shout out to the number one pick. Uh, sitting upon. Calvin, actually, you were talking about uh, something pretty interesting as far as Markel Fultz goal. Because whenever we watch this series, we're like, where's Markel Fultz at? Why is he not in there? Understandably, he was injured for a while. Um, but he did play late in the season, and he had a triple-double. He had a few decent games. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just kind of wondering, you know, everybody's kind of wondering, what's going on? Why are you wasting a pick on a guy you're not looking at playing whenever he's seemingly fully healthy? Um, but you said you, you read something up on that. Yeah, um, it, was right, it was actually right before he came back um, late in the season. Uh, when they drafted him number one, of course, the Celtics traded down and took their third pick, and then they moved up to take Fultz. And um, coming out of Washington, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Coming out of Washington, they you said that they got him because he's a scorer. I saw the draft film. He could hit his jump shot. He didn't seem that great off the dribble, but he could fill up points in college. Sure, his team was terrible, but like you said, again, everything, all, everything good comes from you, Mike. <laughs> and again, a point I want to make right now. Yeah. He may not have been the best player in the draft, but you look at the 76ers draft before that. You look at Jamil Oka, Jaleel Okafor. You look at Embiid. You look Nerlens. at these, Nerlens Noel. Mm-hmm. Three centers that they took. They finally got their center, they think. And they got Ben Simmons, who you could call him a point guard, but he was fairly unproven at you that You can call point. him rookie of the year, too. You could call him rookie of the year. <laughs> I'm going to call Donovan Mitchell the rookie of the year in, in my book, but that's another discussion. As we get, it'll be on our second podcast or our third podcast of the night. Um, but I can see why they why they took him. Uh, I don't. I still don't see why. If you're going to take a point guard, why you take him over Lonzo? I don't get it. Lonzo at least looked like he was good and won games for his team. Um, but I, I I just want to preface the fact that yeah, okay, Marco Fultz might not be the best player in the draft, but after you draft three centers in a row and then you get a point guard that have you still haven't seen play yet, and you finally see flashes of greatness out of your point your center and Joel Embiid, you're done drafting big men. You're done drafting those guys. You gotta then solidify where you're starting TJ McConnell the year before. You gotta solidify the point guard position. So I get that. Mm-hmm. I just don't get why he's not playing, and this is why you cleared it up for me. Right. So he went to a summer camp in Vegas and played well, and then he went and worked with his trainer before training camp started up in September, October, whenever training camp started up. And he came back from camp, and his jumper had changed. And 
according to reports, because there was no official, like, the, due to this story, he wasn't able to get any sources within the, within the Sixers actually confirmed it. He had some undisclosed sources, but nobody said unofficially with Philadelphia. And he changed his jump shot, and he could no longer hit even a mid-range jump shot. And so, and this is something that he supposedly worked on with his trainer over the summer to change his jump shot. And then as preseason started and we got into the first weeks of the season, they tried to alter it, but his shot just kept getting worse and worse because he had confused himself so badly with trying to learn a new jump shot and then go back to something different or learn something different in order to get his jump shot back. So you're saying the Sixers were not involved in this decision-making? No, and that's what a lot of people thought was the Sixers had asked him to change his jump shot. He took time with his personal trainer, um, and he actually they spent time changing his jump shot because they believed that it was a more pro-style shot that would be more beneficial and end up being a more higher percentage shot um, in the NBA versus what he used in college. And what ended up happening is he couldn't hit a shot at all. So eventually, as the season started getting um, getting into the season, the Sixers ended up saying he was hurt. And the reason his shot was messed up is because his shoulder was messed up. And the reason he changed his shot is because he was trying to adjust for the pain in his shoulder. And that's where he eventually got to the point where he was injured, and then he was no longer in the injury reserve, but he's still on the bench, and then finally came back into the season. It's all because he somehow got... In his head, he needed to change his jump shot in between summer league and training camp. And that's why your number one draft pick is sitting on the bench in the um, semifinals. That's a big question mark. Uh, not only, <laughs> to say the least. Not only for this year, but for next year and the years to come. Um, what, where do the 76ers go in the draft this year? That is going to be a big factor when, the, when that decision becomes to the table. Uh, you know, you look at a you look at a team that in Philly, um, big city, big market. You got it's it's a decent free agent landing spot. Uh, you look at a guy like Paul George that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes with OKC. He could swing over there. You look at a uh, look at a roster with Ben Simmons who is is ball dominant coming down the floor, but doesn't want to keep the ball in his hands. He wants to open up shots for guys that can make shots. Mm-hmm. And granted, Bellinelli can make a shot, but can he create a shot? He can't. Not anymore. <laughs> he had flashes when he was younger, yeah. but they weren't that much. So you look at you look at you ex- you upgrade at the wing position where JJ Redick is your starter. JJ Redick should not be starting in the league. He's a good player. He can put up. He should 15. be doing what Corver does. He can be should be doing exactly what Corver does. You're exactly right. He's not. He's a defensive liability. Should not be getting starter minutes in the NBA for a contending team. Should not happen. That's why he did it in Orlando. That's why he did it everywhere he went, except for where they're actually a contending team. Mm-hmm. Now I think that he should be moved to the bench role. I think he should get significant minutes. He is a, still a, a, a good offensive player. A yeah. Very great offensive threat. Love JJ to death, but that is not going to win you a title. JJ Redick starting in your starting five is not going to win a title, especially whenever you're going up against somebody he has to guard. Who? Jason Tatum, right? Uh, J.R. Smith, uh, anybody? Clay Thompson, George Hill, anybody? Guard George Hill. I mean, whenever you get on the list, exactly. I mean, it's anybody he's a liability against, and if they can score, they're going to exploit that, and then you have to then change your game. He should be a role player, as you said, with Corver. Mm-hmm. You look at just the rest of their roster. I mean, they have a solid roster, and a lot of their best players are their youngest players. So 
these are interchangeable parts. You get a lot of role players that teams like in trades, uh, or whether it be for draft picks or what it may be for. Free agency, they're in a decent spot. They can get a max player. I, I People have talked about LeBron going there in the offseason. People talk about – nobody's really talked about it, but Paul George makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, 76ers, I think you feel good as a fan right now. You feel very good as a, as a 76ers fan. You, you got to. I mean, coming off the Super Bowl victory and then all of a sudden the process starts working. Like, seriously? Super Bowl and Villanova. Yeah, Super Bowl, Villanova, and the process is working? I mean, Philadelphia is having the best sports year ever right now. Uh, well, not in their, ever. In but their history. In their history, they're definitely having the moment. Um, I, I'm in complete agreement with you. I don't see them going after a free agent unless it's a sign and trade kind of deal. But I do see them making some kind of move in the offseason with that cap space. I think I see them swinging a trade for somebody who could start for J.J. Redick. And I'm thinking I could see them targeting... Um, McCollum out in Portland because yeah I, I, I don't know what how many years McCollum has off, off the top of my head on his contract I know that they have two point guards in Portland obviously mm-hmm. they're playing them in the same backcourt McCall- Dame is great McCollum is great they haven't shown too many signs that they can be great together they can be good together and that's what got them in the playoffs but that also has also been what got them bounced out of the playoffs when you got Rajon Rondo playing like it's 2012 and then you have Holiday playing as well as he did McCollum's interesting um, to me the, the Trailblazers are going to look to uh, get, get kind of a three or a four mm-hmm. in return I don't really see the 76ers giving up that's going to be worth it uh, I don't think see him giving up Saric because as much as people hate on Dario Saric, I mean he put up what thirty some in the game in the game they just lost. Yeah. Uh I mean played really well. I play a lot of DraftKings. He puts up stats. He does well. Um he may not be dominant, but he is definitely a guy that you can rely on to play um to play off your bench to take to you know, to replace a guy like Joel Embiid. So, I agree. I mean, I think 76ers, you definitely have a lot to look forward to. They can screw it up because it's going to take the right move for them to really compete with, with Golden they State. Got, they got to play it really delicately. In a seven-game series against a team like Golden State, you have to have everything work out perfectly. You, you really do, and LeBron can attest to that several Absolutely. times already. So, I'm, I'm really excited about seeing what 76ers do. I do hope that um, they do bring in someone, uh, whether free agent or if they actually do a trade or not. Yeah. Uh, I do think the future's bright, though. And I really, I honestly, as much as we sat here in trash faults for being on the bench, I hope he kind of gets it together and and is able to help them somehow to contribute to what they got going on. Absolutely. Uh, so we'll go to an optimistic outlook to a... Dumpster fire uh, <laughs> in Oklahoma City. Hey, what hey, who you did do? you have one in Oklahoma City against Utah? You want to talk about that pick that you made? I, I, I still don't see why they lost. Nobody. Well, I, obviously I mean, I, saw see, what I happened. see what happened, but there's no... On paper, it, it, it should not have went down that way. The human mind should work... In a sense that you should see that if you can't do something by yourself, you should automatically adjust to allow others that are better 
in certain aspects than yourself to help you. And Russell Westbrook does not have that functioning of a brain. Yeah, it's funny how the narrative of the Russ has went from last year, at least for a majority of people. I know I don't remember how you felt, but with all the triple doubles and him averaging triple double last year, everybody's like, "Oh, he's MVP, having a triple double first time in years." And they didn't really care what happened to playoffs because OKC only had him. Yep. And then this year, he averages a triple-double again. Nobody cares. Obviously, it took him to get like 16 boards or whatever that one ball in that last game. End up with 20, you said. Mm-hmm. And so he selfishly got the record. And then Melo made some offhand comment about uh, not rebounding. So he could get rebounds. It's funny. And then you go to this year. Nobody cares about the triple-doubles. He has way better teammates. He signs an extension. Everything is lined up for at least a, I'd say, second round, possibly conference final appearance because they had it laid out for him. You had the pieces there. And then he just blew it up, man. Like, he was just extremely selfish. He made bad decisions. And now nobody wants to mess with Russ. The stat that stands out to me the most is the game that they lost to lose the series. Mm -hmm. He shot what? 43 shots? He shot in the, It was definitely 40s. And Carmelo Anthony shot seven times. He's washed. Oh, no. You don't think Carmelo's washed? I, I think Carmelo is the lazy guy at the Y that cherry picks. <laughs> I don't think he's washed. I think he doesn't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. And that is their fault. There's a big for, difference. There's, that's their fault for not looking at what he did in New York and just taking that as that's who he is. And I'm not going to fault them for that because you would think anyone with that amount of talent taken from a dumpster fire in New York, put in an opportunity to be successful with two other superstars, you think that might up the, the ante a little bit and make him might try and be more motivated than he was to play not only offense as a teammate, but play some defense. Mm -hmm. Hasn't happened. Not at all. Um, Carmelo Anthony has proven over and over again he doesn't want to win. No, he really doesn't. He wants to get paid, Mm -hmm. and he wants to continue to leisurely run up and down the floor and shoot the ball whenever he touches it. Mm -hmm. And that's all Carmelo Anthony wants to do ever since he left Denver. Um, it's really kind of sad. I'm not, I've just never respected him as a player because you can watch him, especially on a Tuesday night during the regular season. If you watch any game that Carmelo Anthony plays in, he may as well not be there. Yeah. I mean, he's going through the motions. Yeah. He's just going through the motions, getting that paycheck, making more than everyone on the floor, which is for some ungodly reason. They decided to pay him just because he won a national championship for Syracuse. Yeah. I don't understand why that's 15 still years ago. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, I thought that is what made me think, hey, this team might be good. Because Carmelo is good. Carmelo, yeah. Carmelo should be the second best player of this generation of LeBron's He should he be. Should be the, he, he should be, be neck undoubtedly neck. the second best player in this generation, but he's not. And I say he was there for, up until like the last season left Denver. He mm-hmm. was there. I he agree. actually was. And he, he just completely lost it. Has no, seems like he just lost the love for the game. Yeah. Um, before we move on to Paul George, um, funny story about Melo. I read a source out of Oklahoma City. They're desperate to get out of Carmelo Anthony's contract now. So they, they want to move him. Oh, Lord, yes. But then also, 
Somebody asked Carmelo if he would move to the bench, and Carmelo said, no, not going to move to the bench. And then also, on top of all that, everybody thinks that Carmelo is going to opt in to his player option. Why wouldn't you? Exactly. Why wouldn't That's exactly what... $28 million. That's what Wade did was. last year. Wade, Wade opted in early and then bought it his time. The Bulls had to buy him out. So he got paid twice. And then he, went, he ended up in Cleveland and ultimately got to go back to Miami. So, hell yeah, he's going to take that at his <laughs> yeah. age. He's an idiot if he doesn't. So... They're they got they're at a rock and a hard place with um Mello and with Russ, because at this point you feel like Russ would understand what is needed. You would think what, what and that's changes biggest, need to happen. That's the biggest problem that Oklahoma City has is that they had Bulbasaur, Charmander, and Squirtle when they picked the wrong one. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, wait a minute, why are we talking about Pokemon? <laughs> We're talking about James Harden, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. They had three choices, and they picked the dud. Yeah, they 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 did the the selfish. They picked Bulbasaur. They they really did. Anybody that picked Bulbasaur is wrong. That's 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 the perfect analogy for that. I mean, it's just the fact that how I I I want to see Russ succeed, and that's the biggest thing that I hate. I hear a lot of people say. That, that are basketball realists that say, I don't think LeBron's the GOAT because of this, this, and this. And then they'll after that, they'll say, I hate talking about this because I don't like everyone thinking I don't like LeBron and I don't respect LeBron. <laughs> I do, but this, this, and this are facts. Mm-hmm. And I can respect someone that says that. In the same sense, I don't dislike Russell Westbrook. I want to see him succeed because he is a once-in-a-lifetime talent. He just needs to understand where his strengths are and where his weaknesses are and how no you separation. can't win alone. Right. There's no separation for him. He should be he should never shoot the most shots on that team. You know who reminds me reminds me of and this is probably before your time, so you probably be like, oh yeah. Uh Stefan Marbury. I feel like him and Stefan Marbury had similar career arcs. Where Stefan was in Minnesota um Minnesota with uh KG when he first came into the league and then Ended up getting traded in New Jersey, and then he bounced around to Phoenix, and ultimately to the Knicks. All his career, Stefan was defined as this, this um, selfish player. He couldn't play at this guy, couldn't play at this guy. He never got it done. He got all the all-star credit. He would go out there, and, and a lot of times he got compared to Iverson, because Iverson is dragging his team with him over like over like hot coals, and Marbury is leaving his team to the Wolves and getting away for himself, and then running back saying that, that he made it home alive and everybody should praise him. The, I feel like their career arcs are the same. And the funny thing about Marbury is he got out of the league a few years ago, went to play overseas in Asia, and balled out for years and won like multiple championships over there and MVPs. Yeah, he was over a there. Chinese, Chinese goat. Yeah, the, the, pretty much. Yeah, I think he's going to have a statue. And and I, I just get the same feeling from Westbrook, not necessarily the foreign career after the NBA, but I just feel like he's in that same Marbury. And boat. I think a very interesting thing to think about when you look at the fact that Katie left and the fact that Harden left. And how Katie left, too. And how he left. Yes. Yeah. And you look at the fact that these two superstars that he just got were not of his doing. They were traits. Right. They didn't have a choice. Okay. They didn't have a choice but to play with him. 
It wasn't that they were like, you know what, let's go here and, and team with this guy. Yeah. We've already talked to him. We feel good about teaming up with him. It was, hey, my phone just rang. I got traded to the Thunder. Yep. You didn't have a choice. They were forced to mesh together, and they tried to make it as look as pretty as it could because everyone, the first thing they said was, how are they going to mesh with Russ? Yep. So they tried to make it look as pretty as it could, like they were best friends, and eventually, you're not best friends whenever things aren't going well. Nope. Whenever you're not best friends, it'll show whenever stress comes. Whenever the court, you're on the court, it proved that Paul George was by himself, Mello was over by himself, and Russ was trying to dominate the ball. Yep. And clearly, after three years in a row, that doesn't work. Yeah, they, they need to... Do something, and the one more thing before I uh, get to George because I know I said that already. But another thing to show how selfish that Russ is, and why he may be with that Carmelo mentality of not wanting to win and only want to get paid. He signed the extension. I I'm gonna disagree with that point. Okay, because I think he did that. It was it was not a totally selfless move. Do you think had, he you think, think he had, did it to he had personal intentions in mind, but he did it to become the king of that team. To become the guy. And that made him the centerpiece and they had no choice anymore. But to make him the centerpiece and do what he what was best for him instead of anything else. If if he is right there, they're not making decisions on we have Russ for the next six years. Yeah. They're making decisions on we don't know what's gonna happen. Now you look at a, at a point with we could forget Paul George where he goes. Well, do they move Russ? Can mm. they move Russ? He's untradeable. You would I, think, I can you say would think so. You would think I can say anyone with a basketball mind would understand that he needs a huge attitude adjustment, or he will not be. He will be an afterthought in this league in 20 years. I would say that if it's if it started going around the NBA front offices tomorrow, that Russell Westbrook was available, I would say that that phone would not start ringing immediately. It's Russell Westbrook, so someone's going to eventually call. The only but, team I can think that would be jumping off the page to get him to become a contender would, would be, be the, the Golden Pelicans. State Warriors. Oh, sorry. <laughs> would be the Pelicans. Yeah. Move Drew Holiday to the two, which he's already kind of playing with Rondo being at the one. Mm-hmm. And you got you've got wow. Russ with two big men. I'm talking about two Stephen Adams that are both better than Stephen. God, Adams. I just see now I have visions of Boogie and and Davis standing to the side while Russ dominates the ball. <laughs> Why are you putting that awful well, thought? Hey, in? talking about twin towers. Russ dies. Somebody's got to clash from this side or this side. Oh That's damn! Oh damn! <laughs> With Miritich on the wing and Drew Holiday on the other wing. You said Twin Towers and collapse. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so somebody's got it. Uh, Too soon. Move on. Move on. That's funny. <laughs> All yeah, right. but with Miritich on the wing, you're right. Yeah. I mean, okay, see, there's no way to even make a prediction. There's no reason to make a prediction because we really don't know. I think Paul George is gone. Mm-hmm. I think OKC, if they get their way, Melo's gone, and I think Russ is stuck. Mm-hmm. I do. I don't. As, as as you pointed out, I don't think there's an out route for him. I don't think anybody's jumping off the table 
to I still think that New Orleans would be interested, but I don't think they're jumping off the table. I think they're just looking at it yeah. and considering. Um, so, who cares about the rest of the NBA? Um, they're all irrelevant because we've gotten into a generation in the NBA where there's going to be four to five to six teams, maybe probably six to seven teams preseason that have a chance, mm-hmm. and four teams all-star break that have a chance. That's how we've, that's how we've changed the NBA. Yeah. The Hornets will never become close. The Hawks, terrible. The Hawks like, are really bad again. I mean, yeah. anybody. Just name a team that's not in the top six, and you're just like, nah, Jazz, nah. Yeah. Pelicans, not yet. Mm-mm. Wizards, uh, no. Wizards, far from it. Pacers. Pacers. Pacers are interesting to me, man. They are real interesting. They they pushed. They gave Cleveland Earl they had. Could you man. imagine Paul George on this Pacers team? He don't go back. Do you? He doesn't go back. No. I saw. I had. I saw where the Pacers were interested, but Paul George does not go back. There's free no agency. way. Not in free he agency. He doesn't go back to Indiana. Not not a chance in the world. Not after the way he left. No. But. It's something to think about. Yeah, it's something to something to trade on two K about. There you go. Fire up that NBA trade machine. That's right. Yeah. There's only a number of teams that are relevant, so we won't. Nothing to see here. We won't talk the ear off about that. But uh, so we got we've got a few really really exciting series coming up. Again, I've got Cavs in six, Kellen Cavs in seven. Mm-hmm. Um, we both never made predictions on the Warriors Rocket series just because. Uh, I really just want to see how the Rockets, how comfortable they look, because you know all the pressure's on them. Um, so they're going to come out tight, see how long it takes them to shake off that initial pressure, uh, and, and see how long it takes them to get into a groove. Yeah, the Warriors are going to come on and try to knock them out first, right? Agreed. They're trying. They're, they're going to try Tyson them in, in, in '88, not '98. That was bad. '88 Tyson, not '90 Tyson. Stutter and Tyson or. He always stuttered. Oh, did he? Always I'm the one stuttering. <laughs> uh, not 90 Buster Douglas Tyson, 88 Tyson. And definitely not 98. <laughs> so. 98 was closer to Hangover Tyson. That's true. <laughs> Man, so, Lane, uh, we covered a lot. I think we covered everything to get people ready for these games coming up this weekend and on Monday. Yeah. It's the, ju- it's the only juicy thing in sports right now. The NBA Final Four. We're gonna just we're just gonna leave the draft where it is. The NBA NFL drafts in the past. Mm-hmm. We're talking about this final four and these NBA finals. A lot of a lot of good stuff in this episode, I think. A lot oh, of people I a lot of stuff for people was, digest. I think it was a, one of the better episodes, more uh, action packed. I, I think it's because of the notes and the hearts. It was the they hearts. gave us strength. Shout out to Tabitha for the hearts. There you go. So Shout out to Harvey for the... Shout out to Harvey. He's been napping behind me like a nice little kitty here for a little bit. So I appreciate that. So this has been the Lemon on the Edge show. Um, I'm Kellen Conley. Lane Lemon is the host. Go ahead, Lane. I would far from consider myself the host. Um, but I'm more the, the awkward statistical guy in the background. No, but, until I break out that random fact from 1989. <laughs> and then 1999. Oh, wait, no, eight. Wait, nope. Nine, wait, eight. Eight. Nope. Oh. Oh, I lost it. So you can check us out on hyphen podcast group.com, Lemon on the Edge. Find us wherever podc
hyphen uh, pod group on Twitter or on hyphen podcast group on Facebook or email us and then Lane will read your email on the show and talk about how LeBron well, is the greatest NBA player of all time and how he's better than that he's better than Joe Montana and Tom Brady and even might throw in there how he would have cured Lou Gregg's disease if he had enough time but his time machine was running out of plutonium <laughs> just saying I'm not still here so this has been Lemon on the Edge shout out to Gatorade and this uh, tasty other beverage I've been sipping on Lane what would you like to say to people before we let them go LeBron James is the greatest of all time oh we forgot our Super Bowl picks real quick yeah, we're going to go ahead and uh, start a new, a new tradition that I think we've been carrying on. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure on that. But we're going to start it right now if we have it. Based off the – since football is the number one American sport now, it has overpassed baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, except for you old heads out there that still like to sit around and – I remember when Babe Ruth <laughs> hit three home runs and stole four bases while eating a sandwich. <laughs> pitching a perfect game. <laughs> pitching a perfect game. <laughs> and he had sex to earn the seventh inning strike. <laughs> We're going to do a, uh, a quick Super Bowl prediction yeah. after every single show that we have, regardless of whether we talk about the NFL, which is proven by today's show that lacked all NFL knowledge, even though the Browns may have screwed themselves yet again. I believe in Baker. I'm going to just say it. I'm probably wrong, but I'm a Raiders fan anyway. <laughs> so who's your Super Bowl? So, we'll do participants, score, MVP. <laughs> okay? So, this is Super Bowl 53 coming up? Who cares? In the Super Bowl that's going to be played in 2019, I have the Oakland Raiders losing. <laughs> I have the Raiders losing to the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Score will be 23 the 17 MVP will be um, Zeke. Yeah. He would be the MVP of that NFC Super Bowl. <laughs> My NFC team is the Rams. Nice. Um, because they got Dominican Sue, they got a cube to leave. You're being all they serious got, now. This will be this is freaking April May. I mean, they got four pieces, four Pro Bowl players. And didn't lose anybody. They got Marcus Peters. That was huge. Are you freaking kidding me? Like for nothing. Unbelievable. And they got who what was the wide receiver? Brandon Cooks? Yeah. Because he didn't fit in in New England. Get out of here. So the Rams are the best team in the NFC. Whether they win the NFC or not, they're the most talented team in the NFC. On paper. Just like uh, paper. Oklahoma City. I doubt they'll I think they'll play way better in Oklahoma well, City though. Golden State is better on paper than Oklahoma City. But true. The AFC. Man, on since it's April and April May. Since it's May. And I'm feeling crazy. I'm going to This is gonna come You're gonna have multiple times. This is gonna come back to bite me. In two weeks we're gonna pick new teams anyway. I'm gonna go with Deshaun Watson and the Texans. Ooh! Wow! I believe in Deshaun. Come back better believe, than ever after the tear, huh? I believe in DeAndre Hopkins being one of the best two to three receivers in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that 
with Deshaun Watson and Lamar Miller. I think I think Lamar Miller really has a good season this year, um, just because he's not the focal point of that offense anymore. Um, when they had no quarterback, you expected the Texans to run the game, run the ball thirty times a game. Mm-hmm. Now they don't do have a quarterback. You don't know it's coming, and that just absolutely revolutionizes the football team when you don't know it's coming. Um, score. This is just be a crazy Super Bowl, um, as far as new people being in the Super. Bowl. We're talking about two two second round players, right? Or second year players in the Super Bowl, or golf third year, golf, golf third, third year. year. So a third year and a second year player in the Super Bowl would be unreal. Um, so now I'm not really starting not, to not believe it, <laughs> but I'm gonna go. I think that's a that's a high scoring game. Uh, I think it's probably 35-24. And I'm going to give it to the Rams. Uh, I think they just have a lot of weapons on offense and a lot of bad dudes on defense. MVP. And the MVP of that game will be Todd Gurley. Okay. There you have it. So start placing your bets now. Lane has the Rams, and I have picked... I already forgot who I picked. I picked the Cowboys as much as I sat here. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. Shout out. I, 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 Speaking of... Betting on it. Shout out to the Vegas Golden Knights who opened the NHL season at five hundred to one odds to win the title, and they are now in the finals, the Western Conference Finals. I think. Yes, Western West. Finals. West Finals. I don't watch hockey, but I watch playoff hockey a little bit. A little bit. That's the best kind of hockey. Shout out to Mark Andre Fleury and shout out to Bark Andre Fleury. If you haven't seen that, the goalie, the goalie for the the Golden Knights met a dog named Bark. Andre Fleury, got to Google it. And with that note, uh, this we're just going to get out of here. <laughs> I, <laughs> I fumbled it. I fumbled that. I fumbled it away like Leon Lett in the 92 Super Bowl. You remember that, Lee? I do. Two years before I was born. Shut up, Lee.